everyone to another episode of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. I am your host, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 191. You know, it's your boy, the Underground King. So we're in here, man. We have an amazing episode for you guys today. Before we jump into it, remember... The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Again, sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off of your first three months. Check out Sage Eats on all social media platforms at Sage Eats. Chicago. Uh, also, don't forget to tell your friends about the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. You can find it everywhere podcasting is available. You could also check out the Fight Podcast on the website, thefightpodcast.com, and all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast. Follow your boy at Serge Vicente. All right. Let's go ahead and jump on into the episode. I hope you guys are doing amazing. Starting to feel like spring outside, man. A little bit, a little warmer. Um, when I say a little warmer, I mean a, a little warmer. It's only like 40 degrees out. But regardless, man, 40 degrees here in Chicago, man, that's short weather. I feel like I need to run into the beach and hang out with the Polar Bear Club or some shit, man. Uh, but nah, all jokes aside, all in all, man, it's it's beautiful. We're starting to get a good vibe. And uh, more importantly, man, fight season is really starting to heat up. A lot of amazing fights coming up. And this weekend, yo, it's the fight that I love, man. This weekend, we absolutely have UFC 248, two of my favorite fighters are competing this weekend man we have the champion the middleweight phenom one of the biggest if not the biggest name in all of combat sports right now let's be honest second to probably connor but i'm talking about the last style bender israel adesanya and he is fighting against arguably the scariest dude ever in all of mma bodied up wrestling multiple time world champion olympic silver medalist in freestyle wrestling i am talking about the cuban the soldier of god yoel romero man so it is going to be an amazing fight epic matchup that i think we all anticipated happening but i'm not gonna lie i I just these are two of my favorites these are two of my all-time favorites, man. I don't want to see a loser in this one, but I know somebody's going to have to bite the dust. And I will go ahead and bring, give you guys my picks and breakdowns on this episode. So look, well, since I'm talking about it, on today's menu, man, we have five rounds of fight news. Five rounds of fight news, man. We're going to go ahead and talk about Rose Namajunas. Thug Rose! Thug Rose, man. Thug Rose is in the news. As we know, a month from now, she's back in the rematch against Jessica Andrade. But it seems like she was off for some fights. We're going to break that down. We're also going to go ahead and talk about, yo, what is going on with Josh Barnett, the heavyweight legend. He keeps feeling pissed test, man. We're going to talk about that and what's going to happen with him and his Bellator debut. Sticking with Bellator, yo, AJ McKee, the phenom, 
Is he going to fight in the semifinals in the Bellator Grand Prix? We talk about Max Holloway, open scoring, and of course, we break down UFC 248. All on this episode 191 of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast, man. So, look, again, hope everybody's going great. I don't know what you guys have been listening to recently, but if you have not had an opportunity to check it out yet, you need to go ahead and listen to The Allegory by Royce to 59 Fam, that dude is on some God-level shit, yo. That's God-level rap. I mean... Bar after bar after bar literally makes you feel like you need to go ahead and bust out Google when you're listening to it, man. I'm not going to stunt. I had to Google some shit half like two or three times, man, because of this dude, man. Amazing album, amazing body of work. I love Royce of Five Nine. And yo, huge boxing fan. So, you know, we got to go ahead and give a little salute to Nickel. So, uh, been listening to that, man, getting myself in the groove, getting myself mentally prepared for this weekend's fights, man. But before we jump into it, you know what time it is, as it is every week. Five rounds of fight news. With that being said, man, let's go ahead and jump on into round number one. Rose Namajunas, former Shrawway champion of the UFC, man. She recently lost her belt to Jessica Andrade via slamming her directly on her face in a fight that, yo, she was winning. Not only she was winning, she was dominating, looking better than she ever did. Um, but she took an L, man. She ended up ended up getting slammed, held onto a Kimura a little bit too long, and ended up getting dropped directly on her face, yo. It was a scary sight, I'm not going to lie. Um, but she was winning the fight. So since she has been gone for so long, there's been rumors and whispers and shit that she's been thinking about retiring. And when I heard that, I was like, you have to be fucking kidding me. Retiring? Yo, for what? You're one of the greatest in the game. And now Rose is somebody whom has always had, I'm, I'm, she's had issues in terms of like confidence and building herself up. But she is incredible. One of the most skilled women I've ever seen in my life. Remember, she is the one who beat the longest reigning flyweight champ, Ioannian Jacek. Not once, but twice. She beat her twice. Now, granted, Yuan is back in the title picture. She fights this weekend again, Willie Zhang. And um, we'll see if she gets her belt back. But, yo, Rose is the one who did it. And here's the crazy thing, man. Rose was actually offered a fight to headline this card against Jay Willie. And this was supposed to be Zhang Weili's first title defense was supposed to be against Rose Namajunas. But Rose ended up passing on this fight and she's going to end up having the rematch with Jessica Andrade, UFC 249 in Brooklyn next month. So she goes on to say, and I think she was on UFC Unfiltered, which is uh, Matt Sarah's show. And uh, she said, yeah. And I think everybody felt the same way, too. I was even offered a fight with Willie at the time, but I just, at the time, I was still dealing with a lot of my own, just getting my head right. And I hired a mental coach, and that's helping me do a lot of different things. There was a lot of work that needed to be done, and I wasn't ready for that just yet. I didn't even really know if I wanted to fight anymore. 
just because I wanted to make sure that this is something that I wanted to do. And I wasn't just like, yeah, let's just have another fight just because I'm good at it. You want to really go his head and she continue. Now you want, I'm sorry, Rose um, continues to say, you know, her mental coach has really helped her out, really go in depth with a lot of different things. And she goes on to say, I think you just forget to count your blessings. And I've realized I just, you know, corrected a lot of things, bad habits that I've created for myself, taking control of my own. I kind of, you know, dubbed her my negative character in my head. I call her Negi Eunice. So I get to get her under control and be that positive thug Rose. She finishes up by saying, I shouldn't be, oh man, I got dropped on my head. I could have been paralyzed. It's like, well, I wasn't paralyzed. So why would I be paralyzed in fear if that didn't happen? I shouldn't just celebrate the fact that I'm walking around in a miracle that I'm actually, my neck feels better than it's ever felt the past few weeks Prior to that happening, I had a fracture on my neck before, so it's just hurting a lot. And after that, I felt great. All right. That's a lot to digest, man. But all in all, look, I feel a couple ways about this. And I've always felt a way like if a fighter has one foot in, one foot out, yo, you need to be all in in this game. You don't play fighting. So... Just like somebody like Anthony Johnson, just like somebody like Rose, at the end of the day, look, if you are ready to leave, leave. But at the same token, maybe they needed just a little bit of time off, just a little bit of a break in order to sit back and actually be ready to come at it. And if that's the case, if she's taking the time off, she's done the proper precautions, she has the mental coach and she's ready now to perform. Look, man, at the end of the day, I'm 100% with it. And I think that she still has this skill set that she can come back and retain her title. Now, we don't know who's going to be there. We don't know who's going to hold the belt at the time. But we already know that she is one of the elite fighters in the world. So I hope she comes back. I hope she redeems herself with Jessica Andrade. And uh, at the end of the day... Man, mental coaches is a real thing. Mental health is a real thing. And I'm going to be very honest with you guys. Yo, I got a therapist and I'm happy to have one. I've had one and it really helps me get through my day. So one of the things about that, if you need somebody to help you out and help you go through, whether it be trauma, whether it be, you know, whatever it is, granted, I ain't get dropped on my fucking head. But if that's the case. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with getting help. We all hire personal trainers. We all hire different people to teach us different things. Medical professionals and, and so, all kinds of shit. Why wouldn't we hire somebody that helps us get our head right? We're living in that bitch all fucking day. I might as well make sure I'm doing it right. So good for her for going out there and getting help. I've always been a fan of her and her husband, Pat Barry. And man, I hope she comes back kicking ass like she always does. All right, moving right along. Round number two. Yo, we have some fight announcements. And there's still a couple things. Details haven't been fully signed yet. But it seems like there's going to be a rematch. Davidson Figueredo, who just knocked out Joseph Benavidez, which would have been the vacant flyweight title in the UFC last weekend in Norfolk, Virginia. 
it seems like the rematch is going to happen. And I say it would have been for the title if Davidson had won, or had, or should I say Joseph Benavidez would have won, but Davidson missed weight. He missed weight by almost three pounds. There was a really bad headbutt. Granted, it was Joseph Benavidez's fault. So people are making a lot of excuses, not just excuses, but people are really breaking down saying, look, man, weight loss at 125 pounds where this fight takes place, three pounds, yo, that's literally like 10% of body's, you know, capacity. They need to run it back. At the end of the day, that weight class does have some guys in it, but in terms of names, there aren't really any household names that any of us know. So if they run it back, and let's be honest, it was a super competitive fight. They were going back and forth. They were slugging at any moment in time. Any one of those guys could have won. Davidson was the one who just ended up landing that final hammer. And remember the reason that it actually happened, and I broke it down in our last episode. There was a headbutt. The moment Joseph Benavidez backed up and he wiped it off, his attention was gone for that long. And he ended up getting cracked with a huge right hand. I think if the fight happens once again, look, at the end of the day, I don't know who's going to win. Davidson can go back down there and scuff him one more time. Or Joseph Benavidez can go ahead and finally, finally get a belt. Man, Joseph Benavidez, like I said, he is like the Michael Bisbing of the lighter weight classes. This dude has had four different cracks at the title and just hasn't been able to win it. And it sucks because he's one of the best ever. But my man is always the bridesmaid, never the bride. He lost to Dominic Cruz in the WEC. He's lost twice to Mighty Mouse Johnson. And now he's lost to Figueredo, man. It's sad to see. But at the end of the day, he's, it seems like he's in good health. He seems like he's ready. And if they're doing this fight once again, I cannot wait. Also, it was just announced by... Uh, the, the UFC's, or should I say ESPN's, um, MMA reporter Brett Akamoto. It seems like former 135-pound title challenger is going to fight the number three contender. So the number, uh, the former title challenger, Marlon Moraes, is going to fight Peter Yan. Yo, that fight is amazing. If that's a legitimate fight, and if this fight actually is a fight that happens, which it seems like it is, oh, man, the beautiful violence. The beautiful violence, yo. This is going to be one of those fights that I think a lot of people are really going to go ahead and enjoy. Two guys that are uber-skilled. Two guys that can truly do it all, man. Um, like I said, this fight seems like it's going to end up happening in June. And it is going to be for 135 pounds. Um, they wanted to go ahead and book the in early May, but we will end up seeing what happens. But it seems like this fight is going to happen in June, man. I can't wait to see that fight. Now, the reason this sucks a little bit, because the number one contender in the weight class is one of my favorite fighters out there, the funk master, Aljamain Sterling. I would love for Aljo to get that title shot, but it seems like he's still healing up from a hand injury. Hope he gets back soon. I would like to see him fight at some point in time in July if he's able to come back, man. So 
Uh, much love to everybody. All three of those dudes, man. I can't wait. Lastly, another fight was announced in this one. Oh, UFC matchmakers. I don't know what's into you guys recently, but you're doing the right thing. Dustin the Diamond Poirier is finally coming back to fight against Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker just won about a week and a half ago in a really, really tough, highly contested fight against Paul Felder. He is now in the top five in the lightweight division, and now he is going to go ahead and fight Dustin Poirier, who recently contended for the 155-pound title and had a really, really tough fight against Khabib Nurmagomedov. Yo, this is amazing. Two extremely technical guys. Two guys that, again, are two of the most violent guys in the weight class. Well-schooled. You have American top team versus city kickboxing in Auckland, New Zealand. This is two of the best teams. This is two of the best fighters in the best weight class in the UFC. This fight is going to be amazing. It seems like it's going to go ahead and happen. Uh, Do they have a date yet? Yep, UFC San Diego. So we will see when all that ends up happening. Um, this one actually came out in, let's see, May 16th. So this, yo, that is a quick turnaround for uh, for the hangman. Um, I'm not mad at it, but it's a super quick turnaround after a really, really tough fight against Paul Felder. But at the end of the day, I can't wait. It's been too long since we've seen Dustin Poirier. Um, this is going to be an exciting fight, man. It's It's amazing. All right, moving right along, round number three. Let's go ahead and move over to Bellator. And it seems like Bellator, honestly, one of their phenoms, one of the biggest prospects in MMA. And this is one of the things that I have to say. Bellator has done such a dope job in terms of building up their prospects. And they have so many of them. You have guys like... Aaron Pico, you have the AJ McKees, you have, um, there, there's just so many, the list goes on and on, man, so they do, honestly, I would say a better job of talent acquisition in that capacity, but um, the UFC obviously has the best all-around talent, but Bellator is killing it, and AJ McKee is proven to be one of the best fighters in the world, man, he's a young kid, he is only 24 years old, record of 16 and 0, Eight first round finishes, and he has been in the bantamweight, um, the uh, the Grand Prix that Bellator currently has. I think this is going. I picked him to win this this tournament. He is supposed to fight against the former 135 pound champion Darian Caldwell. So when you see this, I was like, "Yo, this is for the semifinals. This is supposed to be really good, man. This is one of those matchups that you look at." And you're saying, this is really going to show us where A.J. McKee is. Darion Caldwell is an absolute monster. He can take you down. He can strike. His grappling is top notch. A.J. McKee is one of the best in the world, man. But it seems like he's unfortunately going to have to go ahead and pull out. He, in his last fight, when he had a hard-fought win, um, third-round stoppage of Derek Campos, he tore his LCL. So he has a knee injury. And if he was going to go ahead and get surgery, he wouldn't be able to fight at some point in time this summer. If he doesn't, he can let it heal up on his own, but they don't know he'll be 100% ready. 
AJ McKee has come out and said, look, at the end of the day, his father, who was his coach, says if he's not 100%, he cannot compete, which I thoroughly agree with. He's only 24 years old. You need to protect this man. I'm not even torn on this. If AJ McKee is injured and he is not 100%, the title will be there. Let's not ruin our prospects. Bellator, don't ruin. You got one. You absolutely have one, Bellator. So don't fuck this up. AJ McKeon team, you have one. Don't fuck this up. So if he's hurt, pull him out. He'll end up being the one who who fights against the guy who wins the tournament. He should be the number one contender. He should be the first fight. That's how you do that. If he cannot compete. It's not that big of a deal, man. Um, I think this dude is an app. He is the future of Bellator. And he's the future of that weight class. Hope he sits out, man. I hope he doesn't even compete, especially if he's not 100%. Even though I love watching this kid compete, man. All right. Uh, round number four. Let's go ahead and stick with Bellator. Josh Barnett. 35 and 8 career, man. This dude is a legend in the game. Former UFC heavyweight champion. He has beat the likes of Randy Couture, Dan Severin, Big Nog, Mark Hunt, and so much more. He's even shared the cage with Daniel Cormier. Granted, Daniel Cormier picked him up and dropped him on his head. But hey, he does that to everybody except for John Jones, man. Um, but check it out. He has Unfortunately, he had his Bellator debut coming up in about the next month. He has been pulled out. It was supposed to be at the Mohegan Sun. It was supposed to be March 16th at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. He failed a piss test. They don't say exactly what it is yet, but check it out, man. He's a dude who has legitimately failed multiple tests in his career. Him taking PEDs isn't nothing new. He does you know, professional wrestling and shit. He's about that life, man. I think he is one of the best fighters in the world. I think he's one of the best fighters ever. I think he is an even better commentator and coach. But at the end of the day, yo, if he's taking PDs and shit like this, and if it does come out that it was another PD, fam, you were at a at Indian reservation. If you're at one of those reservations and you're failing piss tests, Yo, they let Bobby Lashley go over there and scrap. Have you seen Bobby Lashley? Bruh, he looks like Bane. So if they let Bane go out there and scrap, they won't let you fight because you've taken something. What are you taking? And remember, man, Josh Barnett's in his mid-40s. I don't even understand why he's fighting anymore. Fam, coach, do pro wrestling, bro. But if you have to take PDs to make sure you're at the even playing field, not granted, I'm not saying he did. It's not coming out. But fam, the proof is in the pudding. So we will see what ends up happening, man. I'm disappointed. Now, in terms of the fight itself, Matt Mitrione has stepped in. He's going to go ahead and take that fight on March 16th. Matt Mitrione is a UFC veteran. He's also a former title challenger in Bellator's heavyweight division, and he lost to Ryan Bader. Um, but due to still a beast, one of the most dangerous strikers you will see at heavyweight. Um... All in all, bro, I'm disappointed. I really fuck with Josh Barnett. But at the end of the day, hey, man, if you piss hot, bro, you can't fight. 
All right, uh, let's go ahead and finish up with this one, man. I found this was really interesting. Round number five. In round number five, man, I have to talk about my man, Max Holloway. And Max Holloway always been one of those guys who has been open to open scoring. He's been very vocal about it. And one of the dope things is, actually, this upcoming week, not too long from now, um, in Kansas City, it seems as if Invicta, the all-women's MMA organization, is actually going to go ahead and have open scoring and try open scoring for the first time. Max Holloway was so excited, he actually is going to be there first row to actually see if it works. He went on to say, look, man, I've been in the UFC for eight years. I've won five title fights in UFC, and I've never met a fighter or even a judge who thinks the scoring system in MMA is perfect. So what are we going to do? We are at the point, if all of us agree that it's not perfect, what are we going to do? What are we doing? What are we going to do now? We are just going to keep tweeting? What are we doing? Why are we still talking if we all agree? The first step is to test ideas, and that's what I'm here for. So check this out, man. How will it work? So this is really due, and this dude, Adam Ruback, who is Kansas's boxing commissioner, he needs some respect. Put some respect on that man's name, yo, because this is actually his idea. He has been a proponent of actually doing open scoring, and the way it's going to work is this. It seems like he said, look, we don't want to go ahead and take away from a fighter getting their recovery time. We don't want to take away from the cup man or the coach working on the fighters. So it seems like the commission and the corners would do a walkthrough on Friday after the weigh-ins to show each party how the process will go. The scores will not be announced over the PA system, but the corners will actually be told what the scores are. And it's up to their discretion to go out there and actually tell the fighters so the fighters actually know what's going on in between the fight. I don't know if this is going to work, but I think it's something in the right direction. I think that just like they've done in boxing before, every like every round or something, you put it up on the screen so everybody knows. Remember, MMA is one of the only major sports that none of us know who's winning. And as we saw with a fight specifically like John Jones beating, you know, uh, Reyes. Yo, all of us thought Reyes won. And the fight probably would have been fought differently if Reyes was able to look at the scoreboard and say, oh shit, these fools got me down. That's how it should be. But Max Holloway is 1000% correct, man. He needs to have the ability. He needs to have the opportunity to see if this works this is a step in the right direction. Salute to Invicta for going ahead and making this happen. Salute to Max Holloway for being such a champion in this and going out there and flying from Hawaii all the way to Kansas City, Kansas, just to go ahead and actually see if this works, yo. I love what I'm seeing, man. So, like I said, salute to, uh, to Invicta. Um, but with that being said, yo, this is all of five rounds of fight news. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we are going to go ahead and break down UFC 248 Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero. 
Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. They cook and deliver healthy meals directly to your home or office in the Chicagoland area. If you are not in Chicago, yo, that is totally fine. Sage Eats has something for you. Sage Eats also offers nutrition consultation and fitness mentoring. They have one of their fitness mentors and nutrition con- uh, nutritionists on staff hit you up write out programming for you and make sure they take care of all of your needs man so check out sage eats at sageeatchicago.com apply promo code fight for 10 percent off of your first three months also don't forget to tell the combat sports fan in your life about the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe the fight podcast the fight podcast check us out everywhere podcasts are available Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Also, check out the Fight Podcast on thefightpodcast.com. Lastly, don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at your boy, Serge Vicente, the Underground King, man. So, at Serge Vicente, check us out today. All right, let's go ahead and jump on back into the episode. All right, man. All right. So this weekend, we have one of the card itself, man. It's going to be decent. But yo, the main event, the co-main event for UFC 248 is ridiculous, man. This is like this. This is when you watch two superheroes compete. And I'm talking about the two women that are fighting, yo. Their fight might be the fight of the night, but the the headliner man Israel Adesanya Yoel Romero is gonna be an amazing fight man. This is the champion versus the guy that I believe should have already been champion. The 44 year old Yoel Romero goes out there and fights the last style bender Israel Adesanya. Israel Adesanya with a record of 18 and 0 against Yoel Romero with a record of 13 and 4. Look, man, these dudes have an amazing uh, career. They're both super badass. They can get it done so many different ways. Yoel Romero, like I talked about at the beginning of the show, this dude is one of the scariest guys you've ever seen. Looks like a fucking Ninja Turtle. He's super jacked. He is an Olympic silver medalist, a multiple-time world champion, the only man to defeat Kale Sanderson, and this dude didn't do it just once, he did it twice. Dude is an absolute monster. He didn't start competing in MMA until his mid-30s, and then he continued scuffing everybody, man. He's a decade in. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Dude is a beast in judo. His family, his dad, his granddad were all champion Cuban boxers. This dude is an athlete. He's a legit-ass specimen. And on the other side, you have the champion, Israel, the last stylebender, Adesanya. One of the greatest kickboxers to ever transition to MMA. Dude's kickboxing record is like 76 and 3. He whoops everybody's ass. He's long. He's lean. He's confident. He can take a shot. He showed his heart. He showed that in his championship fight, his intern championship fight against Kelvin Gastelum. If you haven't seen that, yo, that was 2019's fight of the year. One of the greatest, my favorite title fight of all time. You had two guys 
legitimately going for broke. You see in the last round, the fifth round, his face is busted up, his lips are swollen, and he's mumbling something to himself. He's literally telling himself, yo, I'm going to die. I'm willing to die in here for this shit. And went out there and beat the fuck out of Kelvin Gastelum and took the title. One of the most impressive things you will ever see. And then, and then, he went out there and fought the champion, the one that everybody believed is a pound for pound great in Robert Whitaker, who is one of the most dope dudes in the sport. And to get him out of there, yo, he had to knock him out twice. How did he not? Yes, twice. At the end of the first round, he drops dude, drubs him. Bonsai. Again, second round, halfway through, boom, he's done. Drubbed him. Gets the championship, man. Um, two amazing fighters, man. Two very well-rounded guys. Um, it's an interesting matchup for a number of different reasons. Yoel's coming off of a loss. So a lot of people weren't happy about him getting the title shot. But at the end of the day, there's no reason that he didn't have he didn't have it. One, all of us believe he won the fight against Paulo Costa and the fight before that against Robert Whitaker. But at the end of the day, Paulo Costa has a torn bicep and there's really nobody else. And what makes Israel Adesanya special is he's the one who called out the boogeyman. He literally said, hey, yo, Baba Yaga. Come fuck with me. I, I I fight you. And the reason he said he'd fight him is literally because he knew and he understood that nobody else in the division actually wanted a piece of him. And he said at the end of the day, man, for me to really get my legacy cracking, I have to fight that man. This is what he said in his own words. I mean... There's a reason I called him out. He doesn't deserve this fight. Not even close, but he's a dangerous man. He's a guy that, in this era, everyone runs away from. I'm a guy that, if I see people running away from something, I'm like, why are you running away? What's what's over there? What? And I'll have a look at my... I've seen a guy get rocked. I've seen him get hurt. I've seen him tired many times. Every fucking fight gets tired, so... He's human, but everyone, through you guys, the media, and the way you perpetuate him, he's all, you know... He's made of steel. Fucking Amaterasu. Black flame. No stoop. Steel beams. <laughs> All right, yo. So he's out there. He's ready. And he understands how dangerous um, your Romero is. Oh, man. I'm not going to lie to you guys that this is a difficult one for me to pick. Because stylistically, you always look at it and people will say throughout the history of MMA, a grappler will always beat a striker. An elite grappler can beat an elite striker. But Yoel Romero is a grappler who doesn't utilize his grappling. He literally leaves that shit in the locker room. So the fact that he leaves that in the locker room and chooses to use those lunch boxes that he calls hands. There's always a chance. Now, granted, he can knock out anybody. He'll knock out a fucking horse. But in terms of Israel Adesanya, I think Israel Adesanya is going to be too much. I think he's too savvy of a fighter. I think he's too smart to allow Yoel Romero's explosions to get get past him. And when it all boils down to it, I actually see Israel Adesanya finishing Yoel Romero. It pains me to say that shit, but it's the reality. 
Um, I see Israel Adesanya getting this done third or fourth round, but I think it's going to be a real exciting fight until that happens. Uh, he will retain his title and then win one more before he goes up and wins the title at 205. That's my hot take. Take that shit to the bank. All right, co-main event. We have Wei Zhang, uh, the champion at women's strawweight from China against the former champion, the greatest strawweight of all time, Joanna Yanjaychik. This fight, I- I'm excited about. I really believe this is the best fight of the night. Um, these women match up extremely well. Uh, we look at their records, man. Wei Zhang, the champion, is 20 wins, one loss. She literally lost her MMA debut, and she ain't lost shit since. Every, after that, then we have Joanna and Jacek. Record is 16-3. and three. Um, She had a little bit of a rough patch, but it seems like she's back online. She's out there with American Top Team. Again, like I've said in many, many times, one of, if not the best MMA team in the entire world. She's been there. Physically, she looks better than she ever has. No, you pervs. I'm not talking about the implants, but yes, they do look nice. <laughs> but physically, man, I mean, she looks strong. She used to be like really scrawny. And you can tell that she's put on a lot of muscle. So let's go through the numbers really quick. Average fight time, Willie Jing only has eight minutes, eight minutes and 36 seconds. Average fight time, Joanna and Jacek, 18 minutes and 59 seconds. Now, you have to remember, Joanna has had a much longer career in the UFC, and she also, essentially, most of her fights are championship fights, okay? Um, Willie Zhang tends to get it done with a lot of pressure. What they both do when you really think about it. Now, check this out really fast. Height difference, Willie Jane is two inches shorter. Reach, she has two inches shorter reach. Um, They can both do it all. They both, which I thought was really interesting. Strikes landed per minute. They both land, honestly, about the same amount of strikes. Over six strikes per minute. Striking accuracy, they both land close to 50%. Strikes absorbed per minute, they literally only take about two and a half strikes per minute. And striking defense, they're both at around 65%. They are literally identical with their, with their stats. It's nuts. You never see this shit. Two fighters that really have a very similar game plan. Um, I think the difference is, if we really look at it, I think that Joanna has the, the ever slow slight advantage at... And they're striking. She is a five-time Muay Thai world champion. We can never we can never forget that. So she's an absolute monster in that capacity. And she looks better than she ever has. Her last fight out against Michelle Watterson. She showed that physically she can dominate with her size. She's so precision. And one thing that she really does is that she attacks. From different levels. Now, I've talked about this in the past also with Wei Lei Zhang before she fought Jessica Andraj. She also attacks legs. But if you look at it, Joanna and Jacek actually pretty much has like it's way more dispersed. It's literally 33% across the board, head, body, feet, body, legs. Wei Lei Zhang's a little bit more of a headhunter, a little bit more, you know, leg strikes, really doesn't throw to the body as much. 
If anybody has the advantage on the ground, I'll have to say that's Willie Zhang. Let's look at the grappling man takedowns. Average per 15 minutes, Weili Jing has about one and a half. Takedown accuracy, 30%. Takedown defense, she's never been taken down in the UFC. And um, submission average, she really doesn't go for submissions. On the other hand, Joanna doesn't have really any takedowns. Um, takedown accuracy is 62%. I'm sure she's tried like two in her whole fucking UFC career. Takedown defense is 81%. Now, don't look at it weird because one of them has 20% difference. Remember, Joanna has many more fights in the UFC. And this is these stats are specifically when they're in the UFC. So always keep that in mind. Um, look, man, I think this is going to be a really competitive fight. I think it's going to be a very compelling fight. But when it boils down to it, who's going to win? I've been watching film on this shit all week. I think they're both extremely talented. I think Yawani and Jaychik is going to retain her title. Or should I say get her title back? I do. I think that her precision striking, I don't think she's going to be easy to get down. And we always talk about Weili Zhang's phys- physicality and her strength. Because, yo, she's built like a brick shit house. But right now, so is Yawani. She doesn't get taken down. She fights at every point in time. And when I watch the fights, there's a difference in the way that they strike. Yoana fights and she throws shots like a machine gun. Weili Zhang is physical. She throws a lot of elbows. But so does Yoana. I think that everything that Weili Zhang does on the feet, Yoana does better. And I just don't believe that Weili Zhang can get her down. I see this being a five-round decision, um, beat up, cut. I see Yoana Yanjaychek getting her title back. Um, yo, this is going to be a great card, man. Uh, the co-main event and the main event, I think, are going to be two of the best fights of the year. Um, also on this card, we have the return of Neil Magny, who's going to go ahead and fight Jin Lang Li uh, from China as well. That's going to be an amazing fight. We also have Alex Oliveira, the cowboy, going against one of the friends of the show, Max Griffin. That's going to be a fun fight. We have the return of Sugar Sean O'Malley. First fight in two years, man. He's kind of been dicked around by USADA, but he's finally back. Um, And we have, again, all in all, man, decent card. Not the greatest card, but I'm excited for those fights, yo. So check it out, man. That is going to be this Saturday, March 7th. Las Vegas, Nevada, T-Mobile Arena. It should be a lot of fun, yo. All right, man. But with that being said, that is about all the time I have for you guys today, man. Thank you, as always, for joining me on the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast. This has been episode one. 91 i'm your boy the host of the fight podcast the underground king surgery sent there i love you guys i'll see you next time right here on the fight podcast enjoy the fights this weekend deuces